Okay, and now we are ready to conclude this amazing letter. The Rebbe says that when we're looking at these people that are opposing this passage from the writings of the Baal Shem Tov, it's not the specific wording that's probably the issue, but the whole concept. The concept being that the divine presence, the Shekhinah, can be invested in powers of evil. But this is not an innovation of the Baal Shem Tov. Rabbi Yitzchak Luria, the Arizal writes this, that the God's presence is invested in klikos, in forces of evil. And maybe they think, well, of course, we are not arguing with Rabbi Yitzchak Luria, the Arizal, but he meant like God's presence is in spiritual forces of evil, but not in a physical idolater. But that's not true. There's nothing more physical than the dust of the earth. And, as it explains in Kabbalah, the dimension of malchus, of sovereignty, the sovereignty of sovereignty, the lowest level of the spiritual world of Asiya, of action, is invested within the dust of the earth. And within that is invested the sovereignty of the world of Yitzira, the world of formation. And within that is the sovereignty of the world of Bria, the world of creation. And within that, is the sovereignty, is the machos of the world of Atsilos, the world of emanation. So within the dust of the earth, we're going all the way back to the sovereignty, to the machos of Atsilos, of the world of emanation itself. So maybe they'll say, okay, God's presence is in spiritual klipos, powers of evil. God's presence can be in the physical, it's in the dust of the earth. But could God's presence be in something as, as impure as the soul of this Gentile? Yes, the souls of the Gentiles are from the union of the masculine and feminine elements of the spiritual klipos, the spiritual forces of evil, as Yitzhak Gloria, here Rizal explained. In other words, the same way we say how our souls are coming from this zivug, from this union of the masculine and feminine elements, of the emotions, the masculine elements, fused with sovereignty, malchus, the feminine emotions, as that's true in the godly realm, masculine and feminine powers, emotion and sovereignty fused together, it's also true in the realm of evil. The fusion of those masculine and feminine elements, the emotions and the power of sovereignty in an evil way, is producing the energy of the soul of this non-Jew. So the source of their impurity are spiritual powers of evil, in which everyone agrees the divine presence is vesting itself. So why can't the divine presence be in the soul of the Gentile? But to really understand this, how it's invested in the physical realm, how it's invested in the spiritual realm, requires a lot of elucidation. And actually, the Rebbe says, you shouldn't be complaining to us. Your complaint isn't against the Hasidic movement. It's not against the Baal Shem Tov. It's not against his disciple, the Magad of Mezrach. It's not against the Altar Rebbe. If you have a complaint, go back to the writings of Rabbi Sakuria, the Arizal, where he clearly states that the divine presence is vested within klipos, is vested within powers of evil. Now, the Rebbe says, I'm not saying, I'm coming to tell you I understand the words of Rabbi Yitzhak Luria, of the Arizal. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that. What I'm saying is, I want to explain to you the words of the Baal Shem Tov and of his disciples, how, who they are based on the Kabbalah, on the esoteric teachings of Rabbi Yitzhak Luria, of the Arizal. And the truth is, this concept that we're talking about, 
that God's presence is in even the humblest of places. This isn't actually even a teaching of Kabbalah. It's not a secret. This is something revealed. We say this explicitly. It's a verse. Do I not fill the heavens and the earth, says God? And that's meant very literally. God fills all space, all material space, and all spiritual space. This is simple faith. All of our ancestors believed this, and they passed it on to the next generation, who passed it on to the next generation, without needing like a lot of intellectual, rational explanation, how does God fill all the worlds? They accepted it. This is what God says he does. It's true. But nowadays, nowadays in the altar of his time, we, we, we're, we're more questioning. We have to examine this. We have to analyze this. We have to rationally understand this. And to try to explain this, we need to go to the writings of Rabbi Gloria, the Arizal, based on the teachings of Hasidus, the Baal Shem Tov, and the Mazur Shemagid. But the Rebbe says, this is very hard to explain. And the only one that can really hear it is someone who, who's seeking God, who wants to understand. Meaning, if you want to understand God, with all this explanation, you'll get it. But if you don't want to find God, you're not going to understand him. No matter what I tell you, you're not going to understand him. The Rebbe says to conclude, all of this was to explain one passage from one book of Hasidim. And it's a token. It's a sample for all the other problematic passages that you also have objections about. That everything truly is perfectly explained within utilizing the knowledge of Kabbalah, the esoteric dimension of godliness. But I can't write all this down. So if you really want more explanation, send an outstandingly appropriate individual from your community and I'll talk to him and I'll explain to him passage by passage every question you have. Good job.